Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hola, Ty Roxon here, back at it again with another episode, and it's another day to change the world. Another opportunity to make an impact, another opportunity to show up as you are and use your difference to make a difference. Today's guests are just about that. They are Carrie and Demir Bentley. And what we talked about today was how to be more effective with your time, how to be more productive. Have you ever found yourself asking yourself, hey, how can we, you know, get past this 80 hours a week? You know, I work here, I work out there, I don't really have time to do things that I love to do. That's what they answer. They tell you how to be more productive with your time and how to even cut all those times of busyness, quote unquote busyness, and make it more meaningful in your life. And they also do something that is um, really interesting to me. You know, obviously we live in this digital media age as well and social media age where there are a lot of influencers that harp on what lifestyle design is. They distinguish the difference between lifestyle design versus hashtag lifestyle design. Where does Instagram stop and where does reality start? And so it was very interesting seeing and hearing them talk about how they do this as a couple, how they do this for clients, and the importance of this for our health in the future. So if this is you, you think you're, you've got a business, but you're struggling to find time to, you know, to really do things you love, you want to listen to this episode. If you feel like you've fallen under the trap of comparing your life to someone else when you really should be working on, you know, the deeper inner revolution within yourself, this is something that you need to listen to. I really enjoyed that, that their dynamic. I thought they were pretty, pretty um, seamless with how they finished each other's sentences. And it was a very smooth, smooth podcast. So leave notes as usual. Let me know what it is that you like about the podcast. And always reach out to me on all my social media platforms or email. I'm always happy to respond. All right. Till next time. Enjoy the episode. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's episode is with an amazing couple, Carrie and Demir Bentley. They're a husband and wife team behind Lifehack Bootcamp, the productivity and lifestyle design company for high-performing individuals who want to bring sanity back in their lives. They're known for the no BS, no excuses, lifestyle coaching, and passion for creating huge transformation in each of their clients. They're also known for teaching and leading by example and constantly pushing the boundaries of lifestyle design 
traveling around the world and experimenting with different ways of living. They're members of the elite Forbes Coaches Council, influencer top 25 um, influencers, and their work has been featured on Forbes and, and Bloomberg and WSJ, which is Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, and on podcasts like Forbes 330, Amy Portfold, Online Marketing Made Easy, The One Thing, and Don't Quit Your Day Job. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. The pleasure is mine. I, and as I was reading that bio, I, I, I recognize where um, some of our names might have been um, might have been in the same place. And I remember, I think it was an influencer future. Uh, feature, ah, rather. Ah, okay. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But for those that don't know what both of you do, you know, as productivity coaches and lifestyle design um, um, uh, coaches for high-performing individuals or aspiring high-performing individuals, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how both of you initially got to where you are today and what exactly your goal is? Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, the funny irony of it is um, if, you, if you rewind 10 years ago or even more, you know, we really weren't the most productive people. And in fact, you know, it's a running joke in my family that everybody gets a huge laugh out of the fact that I'm an internationally renowned productivity coach because when I was a kid, I was so distracted. So, so I wasn't born like this. I wasn't the, the kid who was organizing my sock drawer. In fact, um, my mom likes to keep telling this story over and over again, like moms do mm-hmm. about, you know, I, I had to take a semester off college because, you know, I was getting behind and I couldn't keep track of my schoolwork. And she sat me down and she bought me one of those paper organizers. Do you remember those that would unzip? And she actually showed me how to use it. So, you know, one of my passions is showing people that advanced, high-level performance and productivity is actually learned. It's not something that you have to be born with. Um, you can actually acquire it. And, uh, and, and Carrie, I think, is sort of has a different flavor. Yeah, well, we were both those overachiever types that were working 80-hour weeks. You know, Demir was working on Wall Street. I was working in corporate America. Um, and we, were thought, we thought that that was the road to success. Yeah. And we thought that until we both developed stress-related illnesses that put us in the hospital. And we were facing either really big surgeries or our doctor said that we would be cutting off years off of our lives because of our style of work. So we had this moment where we realized we needed to create a completely different way of living, one that optimized for us first and put our lifestyle design first if we were ever going to create both success and still have our health. Yeah. So what happened then was, you know, we got to a point where it was almost a rock and a hard place. So our doctor's telling us, you have to stop working 80 hours a week. And as I said, I'm, you know, I've been successful and unproductive. And a lot of people think those two things can't go together. They totally can. It just means that you have to work 80 hours a week to get the same amount that somebody who's working 40 hours a week is doing. And that was my MO, just more, more, more. And the truth is, is, um, you know, living in New York City, as I'm sure you're familiar there's that overworking culture. You actually wear it as a badge of honor. Like you're, you're going to you know, clubs with friends and, and they say, what are you up to? And you say, oh, I'm so busy. I worked 80, 90 hours that, you know, last week. And so when our doctor you know, put us in a rock and a hard place, like you can't work more than 40 hours a week, it felt like the end of the road. Yeah, it did. And so at that point, we had to make a big decision to completely change our lifestyle which is exactly what we ended up doing and taking that dive into lifestyle design as we now know it. And this was years ago before we even really knew what we were doing and there weren't a lot of models that we could follow, but we knew that we needed to work less per week. We needed to keep our stress levels low 
And so a lot of signs were actually pointing to us being able to control our work environment. So we did a lot of work around systemization, studying productivity techniques of the top performers, learning how they managed to make it look so effortless and easy. And we tried to integrate those into our own life. And eventually, we were able to create a situation for ourselves where we were working about 30 hours a week, but still having the success that we wanted. And because then we started our own company, we were able to take that company on the road and we were able to travel around the world. And so for the last two years, we've been traveling to 25 different countries and living wherever we want and just really living a freedom lifestyle. Hmm. Now, this, this is fascinating. First of all, I love how both of you play off each other because, uh, uh, you know, when... Uh, you know, Demir finishes something, Carrie, you come up. When Carrie finishes something, Demir, you come up. So this, this is, this is great. You, you already <laughs> answered some of the questions that I, that I wanted to answer. But I'm going to dive into a little bit of, of that moment where you had that, the doctor put you between the rock and the hard place. Cause you're right. You know, I, I do live in New York City. I do. I've been even guilty of the, yes, I'm working 80 hours a week. You know, I'm doing it. Uh, but can you talk about why it's more important to sort of have, more productivity with each hours, right? You know, some people are just busy for busy sake, but talk about how and why people need to really focus on getting the most out of their hours and then uh, spending yeah. the rest of the time for other things. Yeah, you know, the truth is, is that we thought this was the end of the road because in our sort of, and we were smart people, so I'm not, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody out there who's listening. We were really intelligent, but we were living in a narrow worldview that the only way to achieve success was to just work harder and harder and more and more. And, and, and honestly, it's exactly the opposite. When you look at the people that you admire, clearly Richard Branson is not doing every role in his company, mm-hmm. right? Clearly Warren Buffett is not playing every role in his company. Sheryl Sandberg, Oprah Winfrey, right? These people have learned to delegate. They have learned to create systems. They've learned to um, manage by vision and, and create large organizations. And so at the end of the day, you are not scalable. I'm just going to say that one more time. You are not a scalable business model, right? So if you're planning on working 80 hours a week, at some point, if you want to go to 100, there's just no possibility, right? But if you're working intelligently, if you know how to create systems, if you're delegating, if you're leveraging technology, you can get 140 hours of productivity every week in just 40 hours. Yeah, and that's a concept we call hyper-productivity, because it's the holy grail of productivity. I mean, productivity, if you're just one unit of work, is just going to be 40 hours a week. That's really how much you can put in before your performance starts lagging and you are on the road to burnout, essentially. But if you can create systems and delegate and get things done for you, you can have that huge impact, the impact of 10 people, but without working more than 40 hours a week. Hmm. It's interesting. So talk to me about how to use your downtime and... Um you know, how that would actually pay off in your overall productivity. So I just want to ask a little clarifying question. What do you mean by how to use your downtime? Well, so a lot of times when people use, you know, if people find a way to cut down their 80 hours a week to 40 hours a week, um, they don't know what else to do with themselves. If you're like, wow, uh-huh. I've done, I guess I've figured out, let's say they've, they've, you know, they've hacked their lifestyle and they've cut it down to, you know, 40 and they're now more productive. I imagine that you could replace those other 40 hours that you've had with something else or balance. And I'm just curious about, in your your opinion, what that, you know, balance could be or. It's so interesting because every country has a different perception of time. 
And it's really only in America that we even get questions like this. Of, you know, <laughs> what would I even do with my downtime? In a lot of other countries, it's obvious. It's work is a means to an end, and they want to get back to their families as soon as possible. You see that in Bali. You see that here in Colombia, where we're, we're currently living. And so it's interesting that that even gets asked. But what I would say, that's a great question, because a lot of people don't schedule anything for their downtime. They almost leave that as a reward. Like, if I can get all of my work done, then maybe I can take a couple hours for myself. And we actually have the opposite approach, which is schedule what you want to do in your downtime first, because that's going to be what motivates you to get everything done in your work. Yeah, I want to take it even deeper into the topic uh, that we're really going to get in today, which is this idea of, you know, don't actually have no idea what you're going to do with your downtime or what you're going to do with your life. For Carrie and I, when we hit that wall, what we decided was something pretty dramatic, which was we decided instead of being incremental, like how could we make our life a little bit better? How can we survive? And we started to think like, what, what would an entirely perfect life look for, look like for us? Right. So if we could solve the Rubik's cube of life, think about life like a Rubik's cube. If we could have it exactly the way we wanted it, what would it look like? And the funny answer for us is we would not want to do no work. A lot of people think, well, if you just let people choose whatever they want, then nobody's going to work. The truth is most people want to work, but they want fulfilling work. And we wanted, but instead of working 40 hours a week, we felt like we wanted to be working like 30 hours a week. We don't have kids yet, but we really wanted to have kids. And so we wanted to have a lot of time to spend with our kids. And we wanted to have lifestyle freedom so we could travel whenever we wanted and take a nap in the middle of the day if we wanted. And so we sat down there on the couch after we got that diagnosis from our doctor and we sort of penciled out like, what does it look like when this Rubik's Cube has been solved? And then we locked that and all of our actions after that, all of our productivity, all of our downtime it was all focused 100% on making that lifestyle happen. Hmm. This is that's fascinating to me. I've I've always loved that just actually having this Rubik's cube, Rubik's cube in life, but also even thinking about the end in mind, where this is what's going to happen. You know, this is what these are the places we want to go to, and these are the things we want to achieve. And the, it's funny when you also said that, Carrie, that you know it's only I guess only in America or maybe even Western culture that a lot of people will say, "Well, what am I going to do?" And the reason why I brought that up is because I, I do get that a lot. I was like, well, if I'm not my work, but then what else am I? You know, how can I, <laughs> how can I grow? And it's, it's interesting that you, um, you did bring and remind everyone that, you know, there's much more to life. There's family. There's, there's the personal things. And uh, let's, let's dive into that professional, uh, professional and personal to-do list to get that fulfilled life because you know, yeah, it is something people struggle to do with. Some people just have a problem with those two lines. So how, uh, what can you do to start combining your personal to-do list with your professional to-do list? I mean, there's no distinction. We don't draw a line. And, in, and not, we don't draw a line in our life, and we don't draw a line with our clients. When our clients have sort of separate ledgers, we have clients who have, uh, you know, separate to-do lists or separate Asana accounts. You know, elaborate separate worlds where they have their personal stuff and their professional stuff. And I think you know, Teo, that when you separate the two, it's never 50-50. Work always wins and your life always loses, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's how it happens with everybody. And so what we do is we have all of our clients combined. It's, it's all stuff that your brain feels like you need to do, whether it's paying a parking ticket or getting a, a report written at work or starting a side business. It's all something you need to do. And so what we believe in doing is combining them all, which is how your brain thinks about it anyways, 
and efficiently tackling it all. Right. And and thinking about your entire week as your 168 hours for that week. You're going to be spending some of that time sleeping, some of that eating, some of that doing work, some of that doing personal, but it's all time. It's all the exact same unit. And so thinking about your life as a complete uh, whole, you know, with your family, with your hobbies, all included in that, that's how you optimize and make sure that even if you have a week where something goes wrong at work, it's also not going to bleed over into your personal life. You're still going to get your workouts in. You're still going to make time for your friends. Okay. No, this is good. I can, I can see that for sure. So then imagine I'm a client and I'm coming to you. I'm giving you the standard typical excuse. I have 80 work hours a week. I don't know where my time is going to go, but I've heard about you too. And you know, you, you really are, you know, you know, lifestyle hackers and you help us come up with productivity. But what would you do to help me break out of that mindset of like, I don't know how to find motivation. I don't know how to really cut down my hours. What are the things you would tell a typical client? Who's struggling right now? Because I imagine the people listening to the podcast probably thinking the same thing. Well, it's easy for, you know, Carrie and Demer to say this, but you know, that's just not the way my schedule is, and I have all these things to do. So, what are the things that yeah. you would tell them to do and work on? It's funny that you're saying that because we were looking at each other, and uh, we we have a client named Margaret who came to us, and uh, Margaret was a lawyer, and she came to us with the, the funny. It was the funniest phone call we took because she said, you know, I got to talk to you about your coaching. We get on the phone line. And she says, um, I really need your program, but I don't have enough time to take it. I mean, so it's just the funniest, funniest opening line. Yeah. And she said, no, no, really, I'm so, you know, I, I'm working 80 hours a week. You know, I'm tearing my hair out. Um, she didn't have to have kids, but, you know, she was nearing retirement. She was really thinking about her physical health, which was, which was suffering. She wasn't spending time with her husband. Um, and, and she just said, you know, I, I need your help, but I don't have enough time to get your help. And I think we can all relate. Teo, to that moment in our life when somebody comes to you and says, you look so stressed, Amir, you know, can I help you? And you say, I wish you could, but I literally don't even have an hour to sit down and train you to help me. That's how behind I am. That's how busy I am. And so what was interesting is um, we, we actually sort of gave her a little bit of a challenge. We, we told her, listen, take this sheet. We have a worksheet that we put people through where we have them track their time for two weeks. Just all 160 hours. When are you sleeping? Down to the half an hour block. When are you sleeping? When are you working out? When are you, you know, what are you working on, right? And so um, I said, you know, take this, take this exercise. Go track your time for two weeks and come back to me and let's decide based on that whether you genuinely don't have enough time to get help. And so two weeks go by, we didn't hear from her. We think, oh man, she's gone. And third week she calls us and she said, and I said, you know, what happened? And she said, I was too embarrassed to call you last week. Because I did the time tracker, and what it showed me is I spend an average of 11 hours a week reading the news. Mm. And, and, and she was like, if you had told me, Demir and Carrie, that, that I spend 11 hours a week reading the news, I would have slapped you in the face. I would have called you a liar. But when I actually got in and I was tracking my time, I realized that my perception of where things were going wasn't even close to where my actual time was going. Exactly. And so this is why the data element is so powerful here, because we don't know everybody's life. Everybody's life is so different and unique. We, we can never get, we're never in a position where we can give blanket advice, you know, like stop reading the news or something like that. But when people track their time, they really get clear on where it's actually going currently, because unless we know where it is, we can't figure out how to change it to make it better. And an interesting postscript to that story 
we did end up coaching with her because she had more than enough time. You know, we only we were only asking five hours a week from her. So, you know, if she cut out that news reading for eight weeks, then she had more than enough time, but also more than enough time to also be working out. So we worked with her. We gave her a completely new productivity system. She reduced her hours from 80 hours a week down to 45 hours a week, started working out, lost 30 pounds, um, spend, spending more time with her husband, went on our first vacation in years. But here's the big thing. In spite of working way, 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 way less, she ended up getting voted by all of her other partners at her firm to become the president of her firm. Oh, and wow. I love that story because it shows that it's we used to be, Carrie and I, and I just want to admit it freely, we used to be living in a, in a linear world where we thought there was two types of people, happy, poor people who had a lot of time and unhappy, rich people who had no time, right? And, and, and we thought that was the, the sort of like, the, the way it was, that was the way of the world. And, and our passion and our delight is to show people, you know, actually when you start to give, get more time back and when you start to act more intelligently with your systems, ironically, you can get more success than ever and more time than ever and more happy than, happiness than ever. Oh, oh, this is good. This is good. And it's funny I, I, that I work with a lot of clients as well on sort of turning their messages into movements or, you know, even when I'm doing one-on-one coaching with executives and get them to be more inclusive because uh, I do a lot of diversity and inclusion work. A lot of times the thing is they don't have, I don't have time to know my clients. I don't have time to, to be the leader that I can be. And I've learned this while reading uh, Darren Hardy's Compound Effect. It is that tracking your time. Or, uh, you know, when you hear a lot of some of these um, people that do a lot of things at the same time and manage to have the same energy. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They have found a way to use their downtime effectively, uh, and and it's uh, it's all about really, really being productive with the times when you, you really feel like um, you know you're not doing anything, like the reading the news or walking or doing the laundry or all those type of things. And it's uh, it's interesting how much we can do if we really take the t- the time to be more mindful of what exactly we're doing on each day. So that's a good yeah. Start. And I think a lot of people feel stuck sometimes, like they're just spinning their wheels and they don't really know what to do to get out of this funk that they're in. And our hack for that is actually taking even more time off. So we have a concept we talk about called radical self-care, where every month we go on a three-day weekend. Now, it doesn't have to be a three-day weekend, but it can it can be anything that you think that it would work for you, where you feel incredibly relaxed, it's very indulgent, and you're not thinking about work at all. No internet. No internet is is very important here because... I think it's about only 14% of our creative ideas happen while we're at work. 
that means that most of our creative ideas happen when we're relaxing or doing completely different activities when our brain is able to shift into that creative space. And so if you're feeling like you're in that rut, then what I would say is just take some time off just a couple days. People keep shoving that square peg into a round hole thinking, man, if I just work more, I can work my way out of this funk. I can work my way out of this, you know, poor, you know, phase of my business. And a lot of times, you know, when we feel stuck and we know one of those three day weekends is coming up, we can almost solidly bank on having a big breakthrough. We don't know what it's going to be, but when you just get bored, you know, people don't, people underestimate the power of boredom. You know, we avoid boredom like the plague these days. But the truth is, is right in that moment when you get bored is when great ideas hit you. Yep. That's true. That's true. I love this episode so much. This is good. All right. Okay. So we've talked about productivity. We've talked about the the importance of, of tracking your time and also the magic that could happen when you really are bored, how that could actually turn into um, a moment of you know future business ideas or even just growth, essentially, if you're mindful of that. Now, I'm very curious about the reason we even started this podcast, which is lifestyle design versus hashtag lifestyle design. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so what we mean by that is a lot of times people think of the word lifestyle design and their mind immediately jumps to Instagram and those travel celebrities that you see in all these amazing beaches in Thailand and amazing places all around the world just seeming like they're having the time of their lives. And of course, they all look like models and they're super skinny and and really attractive. Or ripped. Or ripped. (laughs) And In our experience, lifestyle design is about so much more than that. And we just don't want the term to get siloed into this very specific definition that it is now. And in fact, it's becoming a bit of a pyramid scheme industry. And when I say that, I mean, there really are two tracks. One is this pyramid scheme industry that's sort of growing up on one track. And the other is a real movement that is available, I think, to anybody at any point um, and, and the future of work. And so just making that distinction. So what I mean by pyramid scheme is that you get a lot of people traveling the world and the way they pay for it is by showing other people how to travel the world and be a travel blogger, right? And so it's, it's almost like coaches becoming coaches to teach coaches how to be coaches, right? You just, you start to get this sort of uh, multi-level marketing pyramid scheme type of industry built on top of it where people are selling the dream as if there's a formula, follow my formula for easy money, follow my formula to be beautiful and travel, uh, you know, to exotic beaches all around the world. And, and I think this is dangerous for, for one particular reason is that it could, it could, one is that people end up spending their money on these things and wasting their money and getting discouraged and feeling like actually lifestyle design isn't real. And that really almost infuriates me because lifestyle design is real. It's personal. it's different for every single person, but I would hate for somebody to jump in and get sucked into a little bit of this pyramid scheme for this sort of hashtag lifestyle design and miss out on the real deal. Exactly. And I, I think in some ways it makes sense because when you see someone traveling, you know that they have freedom because people usually who don't have freedom can't travel. And so The term travel is now almost a stand-in for the word freedom, which I really like. And I think that makes a lot of sense. It's just that there's so many different ways to make that a reality for you. 
because travel isn't right for everybody. Yeah, and for example, travel is very Instagrammable, right? So like Teo, if you're on a beach with a you know beautiful you know friend of yours and you're taking pictures, you know people want to see that. But the truth is, is that the parts of our lifestyle design that we cherish the most is our afternoon nap. And I mean, really, genuinely, people say, what's the best part of your freedom lifestyle that you guys have created? And I say, my wife and I, at, at one o'clock every single day, go to the room and we take a 25-minute nap together. And the ability as a married couple to just the intimacy of being able to lay down together in the middle of the day and refresh yourself and just like cuddle up and take a nap is like unparalleled. I'd give up the travel, but I won't give up those 25-minute naps. But here's the thing. I don't think, Teo, that you're going to subscribe to my Instagram feed if all you're seeing is pictures of me and my wife taking a 25-minute nap in the middle of the afternoon. It's not Instagrammable. Right, right. And, and, and we have become that society that, that does look, you know, that, that do it for the, you know, does it for the likes, you know, the gram. Live it you know. for the gram. Yeah, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram. Ah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in the song already. But um, and that's interesting that, that both of you talk about that because you're saying – that you know the real lifestyle design is is you know doing those things like the taking the naps, understanding uh, where your mindset are is and what your goal is. Like if you really want to have the lifestyle that you might even crave from, I guess these uh, a lot of Instagram models. If you really want to to live a life and not to lie, it, it's really about radical self care, uh, like like you said. It's sort of like, I remember when I was a, a kid, and I think parents are doing this less and less, but I remember when I was a kid, it was a really big thing to have like supermodels like up on your wall. Like you, <laughs> you, you'd have a poster of a supermodel like Yasmin Bleeth. I can't believe I'm thinking of that name, but like you'd have a supermodel's <laughs> poster on your wall, right? And think about what that's doing to that young boy, right? Saying like, this is the image that my wife needs to look like. And anything less than this is a failure. Right. And it's the same thing with these, this lifestyle design. If my lifestyle design doesn't look like me, you know, with, you know, eight pack abs, you know, and a beautiful young like wife, like, you know, snorkeling in crystal clear waters, then I've somehow failed. When the truth is that we've seen people blissfully happy using their lifestyle design to be there for their kids when their kids wake up and see their kids off to school and drive their kids to school every single day. Small things that that everybody can have, you know, anybody, even people who are working for an employer can negotiate that kind of freedom. We've had people negotiating um, one month into their package, they negotiate a month of remote work where they're still working, but the ability to, to work from wherever they can. And so, you know, what we, what we don't want to get is people saying, well, you know, I, I have to save up or maybe someday because you know, Teo, that someday never happens. Yeah, and I think there's almost a deeper cultural revolution happening right now because by the year, in a couple of years from now, really, about a third of the U.S. workforce will be freelancers or independent workers of some sort. Contractors. So it's a huge trend that's already happening in the workplace. And the reason why it's happening is for a number of reasons, but I think a big reason is that people are recognizing the need for freedom in their life. And they're actually willing to take a pay cut in order to have more freedom. And in our opinion, freedom means having freedom of time. And because of this movement, I think you're going to see a lot of people just using the global economy in a very, very different way. I mean, to give you a quick example, the reason why Demir and I are here in Medellin, Colombia, isn't just because we like the city. It's also because 
we're able to live a completely different lifestyle here. You know, when we have kids, we're going to be able to have household help for that are very inexpensive, which is something we could never have if we lived in a big city in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's interesting because yeah, you you touched on the debt carry with the cultural, the deeper cultural revolution, and I believe you you uh, you highlighted this as well, Demira. You're saying that there's a trend towards nomadism. Is that correct? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I think there's a trend towards um, think about it like this: we're moving from a black and white world to a world of complete color, right? It, it used to be you grow you grow up, you go to school. You get a job with a solid local employer, and that employer is going to take care of you for the rest of your life. And maybe you'll switch jobs once or twice in your life, right? Now, we're moving into a world where you could switch. You could actually, as a contractor, conceivably have four or five jobs in a year. You can have multiple clients that you're balancing. Um, you can create a lifestyle where you're living in your same hometown where you grew up, or you're living halfway across the world. But I think the key difference is that Demir is trying to highlight here is that the, the people are putting themselves first. Yes. They're not delaying reward until retirement. They're not saying, oh, I'm going to wait until I retire and then finally be able to travel around the world. They're figuring out how they can get exactly what they want today and have those experiences instead of putting them off. So what I want people to really understand is that traveling is a tool in your tool belt. You know, you think about that tool belt, you got a hammer, you got a measuring tape, you got a you know, screwdriver, right? Travel is a really powerful and awesome tool in that toolbox, but it's just a tool. We've seen people create lifestyle designs in the same exact city where they grew up and change everything. Instead of working for an employer, now they're a contractor. Instead of having to leave their kids in the morning and not even see them by the time they got back to get, to get home, we've seen them be able to be with their kids in these crucial moments. We've seen people be able to make accommodations for their health so that they can actually eat the food and take care of their body in the way that they needed to. And so we want to make sure that people understand that lifestyle design is not travel. Travel is just a really cool tool in that tool belt. Yeah, it's a tool in the tool belt. Now, this is good. This is good. I think it really causes people to really, to really rethink a lot of what they do with their lifestyles. There's no reason to delay what you can have now um, for the future, if you, if you can really think about that. There's all... There's this delayed gratification type of lifestyle we, we sort of uh, lead. And a lot of times it's because of this interesting black and white world, like you said, that we, we've sort of been told, do this, do that, then you get that, then you get that. But I like how you're saying, well, you know, we have the tools right now in the world. There's a globalization, there's digitalization. Uh, there, there are different ways to get more, you know, access to more things than you couldn't have in the past. So why delay that and why delay your potential growth uh, when you can be more productive now, when you can have that experience that deeper culture revolution now and expand your mindsets essentially. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, think about, I, I think about the analogy of like when we ask somebody to determine what their career was going to be and what their lifestyle was going to be, you know, it's a paradox of choice, Taya. On one hand, you know, of course we always think it's always better to have choices, right? You know, it, you know, our grandparents didn't have a lot of choice, right? They were, they were, they were plugged into where, you know, what their economic situation was and what the local industries and economies were, right? They didn't have a much of a choice, but then they also didn't have to make choices. They didn't suffer from the idea of like, what should I do? They just took what they could get, right? Now we're like that, we're like in the blockbuster video. Do you remember those superstore blockbuster videos and you'd go in and you try to get a video and two hours later you come <laughs> out angry, you've been in a fight and you got no videos, right? right just right. as the paradox of choice. 
you know, we're now in a world where instead of telling somebody to stand at an assembly line and put widgets together, we're giving them a blank canvas and saying, paint something. And although that's tons of freedom, it also is tons of stress and tons of responsibility. Yeah, no, I love it. Okay, no, this is good. This is good. I, I, I'm going to imagine a lot of people are actually really enjoying this episode because this is, you know, as told by nomads, a lot of people um, come from different parts of the world and they identify different cultures. So they always want to know how to utilize the skill set. So how can they become members of the number one online ranked productivity company, which is Lifehack Bootcamp? How can they be uh, members of that and how can they learn more about what you do? Yeah, well, I would ask them to please visit lifehackbootcamp.com. That's lifehackbootcamp.com. That's where they can learn more about me and Demir. Um, they can get access to some pretty cool masterclasses and free downloads and materials, which I think is really the first step. And I think a particularly awesome one for this audience um, is helping them catch up on their reading. A lot of people don't have enough time to read these days. And so we've taken a lot of hard work out of reading your favorite productivity books, and we've condensed it into book summaries where you can just download those for free and get caught up on your productivity reading. Absolutely. And, you know, I would just love to leave people with sort of like a, a central idea because some people might be sitting here and saying, well, what does productivity have to do with lifestyle design? And I would just say this. I see a lot of people out there tempted to, you know, invest in a program or, you know, or, or hire a guru and they say, you know, to become a digital nomad or to create the freedom lifestyle that I want, that's going to that's gonna take some kind of real secret formula that somebody else has. And I'm going to need to pay thousands and thousands of dollars to get that. When the truth is, it's just about you stepping into 100% of who you can be. We're all just going out there and laying bricks every day. It's that simple. We want to make it more complicated. It's that simple. If you can be your best self when you open a computer every day and lay twice, three times, four times as many bricks, in a year, you're going to see that side business take off. In a year, you're going to see your blog or your, your career or get that promotion. And so that's where, what we sort of exist in this world to do is to show people that the answers don't really exist outside of you. The answers are inside of you. You going inside, mastering yourself, pulling out 100% of your performance. And when you can do that, you don't need to be working eight hours a week. You can do incredible work in 30 or 40 hours a week. So that's our passion. Absolutely. No, I, one of my favorite, I love that you mentioned books and also this, um, you know, maximizing your hours. Um, and I read a lot. I'm on my 41st book but of the year. And, you know, one of the books I always like to go back to is Mastery by Robert Greene. And he does talk a lot about this, but also being the best, uh, <laughs> best version of yourself, how you can learn from others, but how you can also apply it to yourself. So it's, I'll definitely be checking your list out because I'm always looking to add to my list, and that's that's a good it's uh, a good uh, service that you 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 you've been offering as well. Just because that's the other thing with productivity, people are like I don't have time to read, but you can <laughs> if you really want to. Um, okay, um, the website we're gonna put that there. We're gonna put a lot a link to a lot of the the, the amazing things you've done and some of the uh, the resources you provide. I always ask my guests this though towards the end of the podcast. And it's my mission statement. The reason why I do anything that I do today is, is um, based on this philosophy that I call use your difference to make a difference. You know, I, to me, that's as much a, a personal a personal statement, um, a declaration to, to make an impact as it is a, um, a commitment to celebrate differences and diversity in the world today. So I'm curious about the way you two do that. How do you both use your differences to make a difference? Yeah, I mean, so so for me, you know, one of my differences is that I'm really scattered. 
Hmm. Right. I'm really scattered. I've got a bad memory and I'm really disorganized. And so, you know, for me, the discovery that I could not only learn productivity and master productivity, but also take it to the highest possible level um, has been, that's my sort of flavor of ice cream is I'm out there telling people, Hey, no, you don't, it's not like math. You don't have to be born with it. This is something you can learn and not only learn a little bit, you can learn a lot. People who are disorganized can become massively organized. And so for me, I'm, my mission as an individual, I'll let Carrie share hers is I'm shouting from the rooftops to people who are disorganized. Life gets better when you get organized, not worse. It's not harder. It's easier. It doesn't cost you more money. It saves you money. It doesn't cost you heartache. It makes your life better and simpler and easier. Yeah. And I would say my difference is I have a natural ability to create systems. My mind just thinks in a systemized sort of way. And so what I love to impart to my clients is how to systematize their life so that they can be getting work off of their plate and not doing things over and over and over again every month. Um, and so that's one of the things I'm really passionate about because if there's something that I hate, it's seeing someone just waste their time doing inefficient work that could be either done by somebody else or done by a technology. Hmm. Scattered, using scattered, um, scattered for good and creating systems to make sure people are able to systemize their lives. Huh. That's interesting. I like it. I like it a lot. So where can we find out more about you two on social media? Yeah, so on social media, we are at Demir and Carrie pretty much everywhere Demir on Carrie. Facebook and Instagram um, and Twitter. So definitely look us up. We don't have incredible Instagrammable travel. <laughs> we, try, we try to live more um, of our principles, but we definitely share a lot about our personal life on those channels. Yeah, so as it turns out, when we travel, we actually enjoy it. We don't, we don't set up shots. <laughs> Ah, uh, I love it. You do. There's, there's definitely, definitely no shade, no shade, people. But um, <laughs> I, I, no, I appreciate that, and, and and I always appreciate authenticity. So it sounds like people are going to be, you know, seeing the authentic things that you've you've preached on this podcast. And I'll definitely make sure we we'll put a link to uh, to ways people can access um, your work in the show notes. But I want to thank you too for coming on for explaining more life what lifestyle design truly should be. You know, talking about the importance of productivity and maximizing the hours. And um, really the importance of, of not trying to make separate lists with your professional as well as your, your personal to-do list. So I uh, really appreciate that. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us. This was a blast. Thanks, Thank Theo. No, nah, the pleasure's mine. It's really been, uh, it's really been fun. So uh, I really enjoyed uh, learning about your work and also just um, being a student for the last 40 minutes. So appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 